Welcome to episode number nine of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today we are gossiping about gossip. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on iTunes. And if you want more, head over to truthanddaremovement.com. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, tribe, welcome to the gossip about gossiping conversation. I love how Carly kicked that off. What a cute way to introduce our topic. So obviously we're women and women are a culture of talking. We love to talk, hence why Carly and I are here on this podcast. However, sometimes our talking and conversation can get a little murky. Yeah. And this is where the gossip conversation comes about. And Carly and I are really trying to hone in on the gossip. That's not to say that we don't engage in it. However, we think it's a really important topic to jam here with you guys about. So that's what we're going to do today. That's right. We're doing it. We're doing it. So, (laughs) um, here, not just here, but really amongst women, it's definitely a culture that when we get together, especially in groups larger than two, our first innate response is to talk about other people, whether it's other women or current events or a celebrity or our boyfriends or husbands, whatever it may be. I have found that over the years, the general conversation immediately goes towards talking about other people. Do you find that too, Carl? Yeah. I mean, why is it that every time a group of girls are together, that immediately comes up? Like there, there's something instinctively engraved in our culture as women. And I wonder where did it come from? First of all, how can we fix it? And also why is it so damn easy to get sucked into it? Ugh. I totally agree with you though. And uh, it's a it's a tough one with friendships because sometimes as women, we just need to bitch and we just need to get out whatever's on our minds. And typically, of course, we're going to turn to our girlfriends to do that because we trust them and they understand us and those are our people. And so being able to pay really close attention to where you're having a venting session and a therapy session, which is super healthy and super positive versus when all of a sudden you're deep inside this shit-talking gossip session vortex, which is very negative and judgmental. Uh, That's something that I'm trying to work on that is, is hard to do and hard to differentiate with our girlfriends. So I think it's it's really hard to break out of that. Yeah, it's a fine line. And like you said, there's on one hand us just venting and bitching. And then on the other hand, it's all of a sudden waking up and realizing you've been talking for 40 minutes with your girlfriends and it's all been shit talking about other people. So that's where we kind of want to start the conversation and hope that we can 
help you guys become aware of that vortex and then give you some tools and tips to take yourself out of the vortex or at least not go into it as often. So that's the jam. Amen. All right. So why we gossip? Well, there we go. The first answer was girl, girl culture. It's innately built into us. And like Carly said, I wonder where that comes from. We need to do some digging, Carl. Yeah, we should definitely try to unpack that. I mean, hmm, I think we are competitive as women. I think that we are very observant and emotional and perhaps with these traits and things that we see are passed down from other women in our lives and women that we've been around. And you have to think back to like being a child and how things were even as a young kid, even being in elementary school. And, um, and I also think though that it's normal to talk about other people because humans are so interesting and complex and we like to analyze. So, ah, damn, maybe it comes from a lot of places. Agreed. And, that reminds me, me growing up, my mom is a Jewish New Yorker yenta, and Harriet will go to town with her girlfriends gossiping. And it's not, it's not facetious really to gossiping. It's just talking about one another and all these little details that are so insignificant. And I really tried to help my mom recognize that A, it is such a waste of energy. B, Half the shit you're talking about hasn't even happened yet. So why are you talking about it? And see, how about you cultivate some deeper relationships with your girlfriends of 30 plus years and not just gossip? So we'll, we'll get into all those A, B, and Cs, but I definitely grew up hearing and watching my mom amongst her friends chatter away about one another. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of women and girls uh, also experienced that situation. So that's definitely one place where this gossip monster comes from. Um, But as we get older, of course, we can't blame everybody for our behaviors. And we have to take a deeper look into why things unfold for us the way they do. And I know for sure that another dark place where gossip hides and gossip comes from is definitely from a place of judgment or comparison or lack, you know, um, it can show up in multiple ways. I think it's sort of, yeah, it sort of goes in two directions. Anytime that we give another person power over us, whether that's in a form of pain or a form of happiness, that's a form of judgment right there. So gossip can present itself as this sort of justification for someone who has maybe wronged you or done something that you believe to be wrong. But really, this is just a disguise and an illusion that's keeping us distance from one another and keeping our walls up between each other. Um, I've heard this, this idea presented in by a few different authors in a few different ways, and it's pretty intense, but um, there's this idea and theory that when you judge someone and gossip about them, you're you're really just judging a part of your own shadow and your own demons that you haven't dealt with. 
And similarly, when you idolize or praise someone, you are just attracted to something in them that is also in you, but just hasn't surfaced yet. So it's this whole crazy mirror situation that I think lends itself to gossip in a really big way. I agree. And that's something we touched on in my yoga teacher training a lot, um, how gossip is really evil. And that's a strong word, but it is. And just like you said, we got into the conversation about the mirror and pretty much exactly what you said was the big topic throughout my yoga teacher training and how there's just no room for gossip when you're living a yogic lifestyle. Now, am I saying I never gossip? Absolutely not. However, do I have I become way more aware of it? Yes, of course. So there's always room for growth. We're just presenting you guys with some some thoughts and things that we've read and are trying to follow as well. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the the judgment thing is is a hard thing to come to realize because it's deep and it's and it's a dark part of us that is sort of scary to uncover. But a lot of times I think when people judge or even when I judge in my own experience, it's a way for us as the judger to sort of hide our own shame and sort of protect ourselves from our own demons and our own vulnerability, which is uh, – silly because that's obviously the stuff that connects us on a deeper level. And, but, um, we, as the judges, we use that shame or negativity or embarrassment about the situation to attack other people's shame and other people's embarrassment. Um, and so, yeah, I guess it's just easier and more fun to judge people than it is to dig deep in ourselves and figure out where is our lack coming from in this situation that's causing these reactions. Oh yeah. Way easier. And just like everything else we talk about here, it's really comfortable to take the easy way out. You know, how often do people want to sit with their vulnerabilities and lean into them and really unpack and examine them? And like I called you the other day, Carl, about a recent challenge I did on the Journey Junkie community and people were finding these breakthrough moments of crying and feeling inadequate and really emotional. And I said to Carly, is there any way to prepare people for that? I mean, I kind of felt on one hand happy that people were having breakthroughs and sad that I made people, not made people, but presented information in a way that put them in a position. And (laughs) Carly's answer was, hell no, you can't, (laughs) you can't prepare for a breakthrough So the moments leading up to the breakthrough are really hard. Examining where that judgment's coming from and being real honest about it is super hard. But guess what? It is so liberating when you can just say, okay, this is it. Like These are my fears and insecurities, and this is why I'm judging this person and attempting to make myself feel better by talking about them in this type of way. But really, you're just keeping that vicious circle and cycle going of you not leaning into your own inadequacies, insecurities, fears, and then releasing that feeling you feel towards that person, right? So um, Carly and I have talked extensively about journaling and facing your fears, and you can kind of go back in the podcast 
and see some of those different episodes that we really urge you to listen to, to go deeper into that. Yeah. And one more thing about judgment, just remember if there's anything that you can take away from trying to limit that or um, to sort of get rid of, I don't know, I guess dive deeper probably into that area of your life. Just remember that anytime we judge, we're creating separation. And anytime we lead with compassion and understanding instead, we're creating wholeness and oneness. And that's the point. We want to we want to bind together and lift each other up, and we don't want to separate and and bring each other down anymore. No, definitely not. And I just looked up this quote because I always mess it up, and I don't want to mess it up. But there's that famous quote by Eleanor Roosevelt: "Great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people." And yes, I love that. I love that quote. I love that quote. Yeah. And Myers has said that. My husband has said that to me so many times throughout our relationship when especially like probably the past six years of it, there's only been two years of Allie living this more radical self-help, find my truth, live to dare. Or wait, <laughs> yeah, find my we get truth. It. Yeah, we get it. You get it. Anyway. Um, and I know Carly's been in the same boat with her man. You know, the men are like, what are you guys talking about for so long? Yeah. Like, have you have you made some amazing plan to save world hunger? Or, <laughs> or have you just talked about some girl's outfit the other day? So uh, um, yes. we'll drop that quote in the show notes for everyone. But Definitely. I would say, you know, Carly and I were – discussing this idea. And for me, there was a moment and that light bulb moment was in my yoga teacher training because I was being force fed this information and really being forced to examine it in a group of peers where we felt really comfortable. But that's not to say everyone gets a light bulb moment. I asked Carly and, you know, what's your answer? Yeah. So Ali's like, when was your light bulb moment? I'm like, uh, right now. <laughs> and I mean, I, I guess it's just because I'm really working on this. This is a really hard one. It's not like I'm running around shit talking everybody that I know. It's just, it's just very easy to fall into it. Even if it's just in this sort of agreeing place or even, I mean, even as far as the content that you digest, I mean, back in the day, I, I used to be totally obsessed with celebrity culture and gossip magazines and uh, so much more than I am now. I used to get to, I mean, now I like to watch like the Oscars and stuff, but I'm not nowhere near where I used to be. I mean, the, I remember in college, the home screen on my computer used to open up to this website called delisted, which is like Perez Hilton. I don't know if you guys know it's, it's basically celebrity shit talking. Um, yeah. Why? I don't know. And I think that it doesn't really matter what form of gossip it's in because it's contributing to this larger space of negativity in the world and the culture, the celebrity culture of picking on other people and obsessing over imperfections in bodies. That's not going to make you feel better either. Um, in fact, it's just going to contribute to this mean girl society. And it's funny in the moment, but in the long run, it's just perpetuating this behavior and making it a normalcy for you. And it also becomes a normalcy for all of the entire female culture, I think. And I was definitely subjected to that and 
to, you know, just the influence of my friends. And so I don't know, it's just something that I'm working on a lot lately. And of course, have become more aware of it as I've become more aware of myself. But it's tough, you guys. It's not an easy, it's not an easy habit to break. I was a Perez Hiltoner. That was me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but isn't that shit just like, it's just rats your brain. Every day I would get online and go to Perez Hilton, scroll through like five pages back, see if there yep. was any like new, really cool gossip. And then I would go tell someone else like, hey, guess what I found out? So like, what the fuck? Right? Jesus, waste it's of energy. Same here. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, tribe. So now we've kind of laid it out there. Why? We gossip, where it comes from, our experience with it. But now how do we pull ourselves out of it? And the first step is awareness. I always like to say awareness and then action. Carly says feeling follows action. Either way, the first step in anything that you do in your life when you want to create change is practicing awareness. So if you're in a conversation with a girlfriend or coworker or your mom, whoever it may be, or if you're just digesting media, be quiet, draw inward, you know, analyze what's happening outside of you and get real truthful with yourself. Wow. Are we only gossiping right now? And you're going to quickly realize how often that comes up and don't let it scare you. Just become aware of it. Yes. So, so good. Yeah, I think that if you have something intelligent and positive and constructive to say about the topic, then do. If you don't, then don't. Easier said than done, but of course, being aware is is the first step. I think also listening to what people are saying is vital. Um, I think I've found in my experience that a lot of times people and friends may bring up drama for a couple of reasons. First, which is the most obvious, is that they're coming from a place of judgment and lack and separation, which is what we just totally dived into. But the second might be that they are hiding something um, deep, deep down in their emotions. And maybe this particular conversation allows them to talk about it, but disguise it in the form of gossip. So if the latter applies and you know you know you know the people that you're talking to and you can feel that um this is your chance and all of our chances to be supportive and allow our friends and our people this space to feel safe and let the rant go and let them talk about the topic and sort of try to reel it in to the true topic that is at hand. Again, you know, vulnerability opens the doors for more vulnerability. Um, so that there, there is, there is sometimes an opportunity for growth for the gossiping crew, I think, and listening for that. Um, yeah, maybe you'd be able to uncover that. But again, if, if they're just trapped into a negative vortex, then maybe you just need to move on. I, that's a wonderful tip. I mean, I absolutely love that, Carl. And you're right. I think a lot of us aren't trained on being vulnerable. And if you're not doing the work, 
like me and you and like many others, then how do you even know how to express what you're really trying to say? You know, if you came from a mom who only gossiped and then you were never given the tools to talk openly with your mother, then you immediately went straight into that same relationship with your friends and you're masking everything. So if you're someone who's doing the work and you find yourself just like Carly said, you know, take a moment, get quiet first, then start to listen and really try to see through the bullshit and find the good shit, find what they're really trying to tell you. And if you feel that it's necessary, not necessary, if you feel like there's a window or an opportunity, maybe ask a few more vulnerable questions back to your friend. You know, that can get really hairy. We get it. But Carly and I are really trying to commit to deepening our friendships and not keeping them surface. So sometimes it will get really scary. But get silent, listen, and then focus on what you can learn in the conversation, in the moment. And I think that is how we can become really aware of this girl gossip culture. Yeah. I love the analogy of the world is your classroom and the people are the teachers. So if you're in that situation where you think you do have something to learn from it or you can help somebody else learn what they're truly trying to uncover, take that moment and run with it. Um, You know, think about what you should do in this classroom, in this situation. Are you supposed to be supportive in this moment? Are you supposed to be silent and disengage in this moment? Should you be trying to change the energy spectrum of the conversation and switch it to a more positive tone? So you get this chance to really quietly um, analyze the situation and make the decision that's best suited for you and best suited for your evolution as a person and the best situation for your path of living your truth and daring to change. Amen. And I want to reflect on one really great example of something like Carly and I are discussing. I went on a bachelorette party to the Bahamas with over 10, 10 girls. And most of the girls knew each other. I only knew one or two. And there was another girl that was there with me that is really highly educated. She's a lawyer, really passionate about creating change and also, you know, empowering herself through being her own boss. And we were there for three days, two and a half days in, me and her have totally partnered up because the rest of the crew has nonstop gossiped. I mean, nonstop. There was no other conversation for two and a half days except talking about other people. Luckily, Ashley and I didn't really know who the people were, so we couldn't even be in the conversation. So we were able to have our own conversations. And I remember the last night being there and we're all sitting at this table in this really intimate room and the gossip is still happening. And Ashley turns to everyone and stops the conversation and says, can we talk about an idea can we all go around the table and say something we're passionate about? And right in that moment, I held so much respect for her uh, because there she was trying to shift the conversation away from the gossip and also give everyone something to, you know, jam on. And you could tell the whole room was really uncomfortable. Like what? You want us to talk about what, what we're passionate about? Ideas? Huh? This is hard. 
And so we all went around the table and it was a little half-hearted. And right as soon as the conversation ended, it immediately went back into what people are used to. But that is a really good example of trying to change the pattern. And you might not need to do something so bold, but let me tell you, there were like goosebumps all over my body when she blurted that out. And I just wanted to give her this huge high five across the table. Um, but that was a moment. That was a moment. That was an example set for me right there amongst, you know, over 10 women in a room. That is so badass. <laughs> so badass. I, <laughs> I love that. Amazing. So yeah, we've given you a lot of good stuff. You know, what can you, what can you do to become aware of a gossipy situation? And now I think it's important to give you guys some tips on how to avoid it. Because yes, sometimes you can change it like the example Ali just gave and be a total superhero rock star and just like be the queen of positivity. Sometimes <laughs> you have to just avoid the situation or walk away um, or disengage. So uh, if that is the case, we honor that too. We've we've been there and are also working on getting to that place of walking away from what doesn't serve us anymore. So I think one great thing to do is – this isn't really – I'm going a little off topic. This isn't really avoiding gossip, but let's just say you engage in gossip and then you want to avoid the situation. You feel like shit. You've um, broken down the walls that you, you know, of things that you're trying to avoid. I think that the first thing that you need to do if you're, if you're feeling gloom, doom and gloom about yourself is you need to turn to somebody that you can talk to. Um, you're going to feel drained from the gossip game. It happens, especially if you have participated in it and we can't keep our feelings bottled up no matter what. We're going to keep coming back to that here. Um, that's the whole point of Truth and Dare and building this community is to express ourselves and how we're feeling. So I can't stress enough the importance of being honest with your feelings and letting them out and the power of venting. And I mean, I guess you could use venting to avoid the situation. If you need to get out of it and you're feeling stressed about the energy, call somebody that you can talk to, a friend who gets you, get out your journal, write it in your phone, um, hit us up, you know, hit up Truth and Dare community, the Journey Junkie community, and get it out, let it out. I was just listening to a Brene Brown book, Darren Greatly, and she was talking about a study done about how expressing emotions and the percentage decrease was drastic of limiting anxiety and depression and overall sadness. Um, the difference between people who express uh, their negative emotions and the people who keep them hidden as secrets so let it out. Let it go. I love that. And I have another bachelorette trip coming up. And Jesus, we're on the train of bachelorette trips right now, Carly and I in our life. And yeah, we thought about doing an episode <sighs> called How to Survive <laughs> 10 Bachelorette Parties in 10 Weeks. <laughs> the struggle is real, yo. But 
I definitely have some anxiety around being with over 10 women again in an environment where we're engaging in alcohol nonstop. And, you know, these aren't women that you hang out with every day. You're coming together to celebrate one woman. And the easiest way to connect is to talk about other people. And I just, I'm so over that. And to spend thousands of dollars to go somewhere on vacation and only drink alcohol and talk about people seems like the most wasted amount of energy that I could ever drum up. However, there's always an opportunity to live your truth and dare to change. So I'm planning on bringing some books with me. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, I plan to go find a different space on the beach or maybe go back to my room. Call me. Call Carly. <laughs> Nonstop call Carly. Um, yeah. I know they have a yoga studio there. So I am going to try and go to some yoga classes in the morning and try to stay as centered and balanced in what I know and what I've been teaching myself and practicing, knowing that, yes, I'm going to fuck up. But um, I'm going to try my best to you know, avoid it if I can. Get silent, listen. The world is my classroom. Reach out to my tribe. And yeah, that's that's like all you can really do. Yeah. And that, Ali, everything you just said, that's living your truth. That's what we're trying to create right here in this conversation and everything that we do and everything that we put out for you guys is just trying to get one step closer to living our truth and to being authentic. And sometimes that means you have to be selfish and that's okay. So obviously it's tricky when you're dealing with close friends, like in the situation Ali just mentioned, but if something is not serving you in that moment, there is nothing wrong with walking away for five minutes and taking a breath and jumping back in when you're ready. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my game plan, girl. So good plan. Good plan. <laughs> um, some things I want to talk about from the yogic perspective and the eight limb path, which is the framework for which the practice has been built upon that I think are really relatable. And if you're a yogi and you want to learn more about these, it's a wonderful tool to help guide your life, not just your yoga pose life. So I'm going to list off a few of the yamas and the niyamas that are the first two limbs. And the first one is saucha, which translates to purity. I think I've spoken about this before on the podcast, but essentially it's only digesting pure content. So your magazines, your social media feed, websites that you go to, reality TV, all your conversations and your self-talk. So your conversations with yourself, as well as the food you consume, the products you buy. I mean, purity goes into every single crevice of who we are. So don't beat yourself up. Just know that if you lean more towards saucha, practicing purity, I think you'll find a lot more truth coming out through your life, which leads straight into the next one, satya, also truthfulness, asking yourself, am I living my truth in this moment? And it might just be excusing yourself from the conversation and taking a five-minute breather, like Carly said. Next is ahimsa, which is nonviolence. And this is actually something that we want to practice externally and also internally, but are you creating violence, harm, pain by the words and the vibrations and the conversations that you're having and partaking in? Huge concept. It's at first when you hear it, nonviolence, you think, I don't engage in violent behavior. That's got nothing to do with me. 
And then when you dive deeper into it and some of the really great texts, um, you'll notice there's a lot of violent things we do both to others and ourselves, and it can get to such a granular level. So becoming aware of how you're creating harm and pain through conversation and action. And then lastly is a parigraha, which is non-grasping to a certain idea or image. And whoa, baby, we talked about that a lot in the body image episode, but essentially how can you release these ideas and images that you put on a pedestal and let them go and be content in the moment, which is actually another one, Santosha contentment. So if you're interested in getting more into these, we could I could jam on these forever, but I know not everyone is interested. We'll be listing out some recommended books in the show notes and you can dive deeper into the yamas and the niyamas and maybe align your regular life with your yoga life and then they'll all meet in the middle and become one. Harmony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, those are super cool. I don't know much about those. So just hearing you talk about them, I'm like, ooh, yeah. They all make sense, right? Yeah, they definitely do. So we've laid it all out there, you know, how what it is, how to acknowledge it, how to avoid it. And now we need to really think about how are we going to overcome this? I know I gave the superhero of positivity metaphor, but let's tap into that right now and like put our sparkly capes on and figure out how we are going to overcome gossip land. Sparkly um, cape is on. <laughs> sparkly cape on, sparkly mask on. Check. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Ready for the last off. So you guys know I love Gabrielle Bernstein. In her latest book, The Universe Has Your Back, she gives there's a cha- there's a whole chapter on judgment and not gossip particularly, but judgment. And she gives this really good tool when you're facing uh, when you're in a situation with somebody that is tense and perhaps gossipy in this context, say to yourself, "I want to see this person for the first time." Or I think you could also say, this is my spin on it, I want to see this through their eyes. If you're saying that silently to yourself and you're observing this negative gossipy situation, this may be able to give the relationship a sense of newness without any of the perceptions that you have placed on them, you know, from the past. So I think that a lot of times in these scenarios, our perceptions of the people who are doing the gossiping or doing the talking and judging lead us to judge them in the first place. It's often maybe what blocks us from what we were talking about earlier for seeing and um, knowing that a situation is deeper than it actually is. Maybe someone is just trying to be vulnerable, but because of the perceptions that we have on them from the past um, we're not allowing ourselves to see that. And so we're blocking the ability to take it to a deeper level because of our own judgment on them for judging, right? It's like this whole feedback loop of judgment, but somebody has to break the cycle. So allowing yourself, asking yourself to see this person like it's the first time you've ever seen them or to see this person or try to hear the conversation or see them through their own eyes it can be very healing for everybody involved. Trust. I've done it. It's very helpful. And you're really good at it. That's I'm really good at recognizing gossip and 
almost becoming a little bit of a hermit and, and excluding myself from that type of world. But Carly has really, everything she just spewed at you guys is really practicing it. And she's teaching me that concept. So get that book. The universe has your back. Hell yeah. And then <laughs> love it. Love it. Love you, Gabby. And then um, another thing that I think is really important is listen, if you're with us in this world and you're going deep, then you just need to sometimes honor the fact that you are healing and that you are transforming your lives. Okay. When that happens, we need to protect ourselves. I fucking know how hard it is to get sucked into old patterns, just like we've been talking about, especially when we are with the people who we've always behaved like that with, air quotes, around like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when we're going through this period of healing, we have to be picky about where and how we spend our time. This does not last forever. I am not telling you to go into a cave of self-help books. I mean, sounds fun. I would come with you, but <laughs> <laughs> this happens as we are trying to strengthen our intuition. So like any muscle in the body, we need to train our intuition to become stronger so that we can trust it. This happens through conversations, through meditation, through introspection and self-awareness, and that's going to help it get stronger and get better. Um, listen, like you wouldn't send a completely untrained and inexperienced athlete into the Olympics, okay? So the same goes for us as we're uncovering our truth and trying to trust our intuition and trying to dare to change we're not always ready to be thrown into the ring and get chewed up because we don't even know really what to listen to yet. So we need time to nurture and develop our intuition so that we can trust it harder and lean into it more. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking temporary, temporary steps back from the things that don't serve you in this moment, not forever, just in this period of your life. And you just maybe you need to hermit for a little while or maybe you need to um, think about who you want to surround yourself with in, in these moments. Um, so, yeah, so you can become more uncomfortable with uncomfortable situations. Definitely. And to go a little bit deeper, sometimes it might not be temporary. Uh, the easiest way to start is to tell yourself it's going to be temporary, but sometimes we do have to shed layers and peel back more layers and shed more layers. And that can be in the form of material items. It can be in the form of jobs. It can be in the form of friendships. And that is where the scariness comes in. But as you do the work and as you stay committed to it, you'll notice that it's going to become easier and easier to identify what's no longer serving you and let it let it go. And that sounds scary. And I'm in that position many a time. And I know Carly is also feeling that same situation. And so are a lot of people. You know, I have really deep conversations with my mother-in-law about this type of stuff. And she's in the same boat, friends with people for 30 years, you know, falling into the same patterns with them, really wanting to find friends that are serving this higher purpose she wants to live. And that is really difficult. So there's many of us in this in this situation, whether you're our age or in your 50s, I think 
women are starting to wake up and we're recognizing that gossip is not feeding our souls. And now we're trying to figure out how to feed them properly. Right. So, which leads me into this last little tidbit. I was listening to my man, Rich Roll. Carly knows I'm in an infatuation mode with him right now. Yeah. I was like, how we were talking last night. And I was like, God, I just can't stop listening to Rich Roll. I'm like, yeah, it's because you just discovered him. It's like, once you go in, anyway, he's great. Check him out. I have this so. giant grin on my face as you're talking about him, like a child who has this <laughs> really weird. Um, but anyway, I was listening to this podcast with him and his wife, Srimati, and the whole thing was really about the political arena and how to change the word resist to insist. But the podcast was titled How to Practice Devotion Over Emotion. And his wife, Srimati, said this wonderful tidbit about, you know, she doesn't agree with our president. However, if she tears him down and uses names to refer to him, name calling, and this is more than gossip, right? But same premise. How can she hold space to also practice peace, you know, amongst her tribe if she's engaging in that kind of behavior? And she gave this wonderful advice to avoid the name calling and instead view the person in their highest, in their highest selves. And that might be you find one quality about someone that you can appreciate and let the other qualities fall to the wayside so that you don't create, you know, violence within yourself, right? Going back to ahimsa, nonviolence. So I thought that was such a good analogy for someone who obviously is very passionate about a different way of living than our president and that she's still finding this silver lining of how to look at him in a way and see his highest self for what he does have to offer, but then still on her level, create change in her own little, you know, hemisphere. So, right. Right. Going to listen to that one. You need to girlfriend. You definitely need to. (laughs) I totally will. So yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us in this topic. We thought that it was just something we really wanted to talk about and dive into And we hope that you also were with us on this. Listen, we know this one is so hard to overcome. Like I've said a million times in this episode, I'm working on it right there with you guys. We're around it all the time. We've all done it. We've dished it. We've taken it. And that's okay. You know, we're not here to beat ourselves up over the things that we could have done better in the past. We are here to start fresh to start new and to turn the page every day, every time that we talk and with every conversation. We are here to honor where we are and move forward with the ideas and the tools and everything that we need to get to where we want to be, which is authentically, wholeheartedly living our truth and daring to change. Amen, sister. Don't forget, everyone, you can find all of the tools, resources, and show notes at truthanddaremovement.com. You can jam with us on Instagram at truthanddaremovement. And please, if you love the conversation we're having, subscribe on iTunes and maybe write us a review. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.